Welcome back to the Huxley Morton podcast. This week we are running a slightly different format focusing on mental health and the impact of mental health in the workplace. Uh, so I guess, look, before we get going with it, uh, all experiences and opinions shared during this interview are personal and no way intended to be medical advice. Um, so please do not take it that way. Uh, but look, on the show, our guest today is Miguel Olav. Miguel, welcome to the Huxley Morton podcast. James, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited that you reached out to me and I'm excited to be here and have a conversation with you today. Cool. Well, look, Miguel, um, I guess look, on our regular podcast, we talk about uh, let people give a quick intro and an overview of what they do. I know that you're very active on LinkedIn. You're a part of a new program on that. You're running kind of a business around that. Give our audience a quick overview of yeah, who you are, what you do, and a, a summary of, of, of that. Yeah, no, definitely. And so for myself, um, I mean, I am a LinkedIn enthusiast. I love LinkedIn. It literally came into my life and helped me elevate my career, my business. It helped me professionally and personally as well. Mm. Um, you know, I professionally right now, I love helping entrepreneurs build a strong foundation for a personal brand on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our digital presence online is only becoming more and more important. Um, you, you think of the metaverse, you know, Web3, all that that is happening. Again, that digital online presence is going to be paramount for the mm -hmm. future. And so, you know, setting yourself up right now with the strong foundation on the largest business platform in the world, being LinkedIn with over 800 million users, that's what I help people do professionally. Personally, though, um, in what started my journey on LinkedIn was sharing about mental health. I saw LinkedIn as an opportunity to change, reach change makers, decision makers, CEOs to really create like domino effects of change. Mm. And so that's really what I lead with on LinkedIn. You won't really see a lot of business content. I tell people and I preach that you can uh, allow who you are to sell what you do. And so, you know, I mean, for people that lead with their business, that's a great, amazing. I'm for it. Um, and we're all just unique and different for what I'm here for um, and the way I'm building my brand. I lead with, again, what I'm doing per, on my personal life, which is a mental health advocate, doing more work that way. So that's what I lead with um, on LinkedIn. But again, professionally, I love helping um, people get as excited about LinkedIn as I am. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I quite, I mean, big advocate and of personal branding and LinkedIn myself. And I think that whole bring yourself to whole self, should I say, to work thing is massive. My partner and I were walking through the high street just this morning, taking our son to work and looked up in an office and I saw a couple of guys suited and booted with shirt and ties. And I just thought, who actually wears shirts and ties and suits kind of today? I was like, I've you know spoke to over 50 business leaders um, on you know, sharing their stories of growth from their pharmaceuticals executives. Not a single tie has ever appeared on the podcast, I don't think. And I'm, you know, I'm now sat, sat here in a hoodie, um, kind of our new company merch that we're very pleased with. Um, but yeah, things, things have changed a little bit. Um, so I think what you're doing is something that we encourage our clients to do as well. We're, we're a recruitment business and help with attraction, etc. Uh, and I think that it's that personality that often attracts people online these days, isn't it? You know, that's why 
Instagram is so big. That's why TikTok's so big. Um, so, no, interesting to hear that that is, um, I guess, your current passion. But look, before we move on to that, I guess um, we are here to talk about kind of mental health and mental health in the workplace, etc. But could you give us perhaps a bit of a, an overview of your background, maybe prior to any experiences or challenges with mental health, and then just you know, kind of talk us through when you perhaps first experienced um, anything of this nature so that anyone else going through the same can kind of hear your, your journey, really, Miguel. Yeah, no, that's a great question, James. And, um, you know, again, thank you so much for having me. I think I'll start, you know, backwards from my most recent before LinkedIn, mm. which is really what empowered me to step into and want to create change in the corporate world is my experiences in the corporate world. Um, I, I think, I mean, I had childhood trauma. I had, you know, depression, you know, for a long time, but I think mm. all of it came to a head um, in the corporate world right. because of those internal battles, because of not being able to speak up, because of being deceived or being manipulated or, you know, there was one time I went to HR, um, you know, in private to try to inquire about mental health benefits because I couldn't find out about them. Mm. And that inquiry, I was told, would be kept confidential. You know, come to find out, in a few days later, I'm being asked by my, you know, managers about what was going on. So, you know, it wasn't kept confidential. So mm. there was a lot of things again that just came to a head in the corporate world. Yeah. Um, which a lot of those stigmas played into it. Managers not understanding, HR not understanding. I mean, you have to think of it, James. Here I am, a man with four boys. Well, at the time I had three and one on the way. Um, you know, a husband, um, you know, struggling, having to go through these, you know, mental health, you know, issues, mm. trying to figure out, being diagnosed, going through therapies, trying different medications, trying to figure out this new life mm. for myself and to not have, you know, that corporate support and to feel, you know, so much weight and heaviness and shame and embarrassment coming from it, mm. it put more weight on everything. And so again, um, while my past is, is I, I say sometimes I feel like I lived a, a real life soap opera. Um, my, my past has been very dramatic and, and crazy and wild. And, but again, all of it came to a head where in 2016, I could no longer brush it under the rug. I couldn't ignore it like I had been doing for years. It had mm -hmm. built up so much. Um, I once heard someone say, emotions are energy in motion. And so, you know, when you don't deal with those emotions, that energy stays stuck in you. And that's what happened with me all those years, all that energy I had built up that I'd never dealt with, that I'd brushed under the rug. At some point, and this happens for everyone, that that you your body cannot hold that anymore. It, you're gonna, it's gonna seep out, it's gonna pour out, it's gonna burst out in the mm. most inconvenient times, in the most inconvenient places, like it did for me in the corporate space. And so part of me talking about mental health is so that people and hopefully your listeners don't get to that point of having a breakdown. Rather, you're proactive. You're, you're, I know something's going on in my head. Let me go talk to somebody. Let me talk to a friend. Let me start here. Let me work through it so that you don't get, let's be preventative so that you don't get to that point where it all comes crashing down. Yeah. Wow. I, I guess, look, for me, what you're describing there, and look, I'm a big fan of uh, watching quite a few movies. Um, and one of them that was springing to mind is kind of, 
Wolf of Wall Street, not because of the mental health issues, but where there's a conversation in there where it's like they need to be able to deal with certain things, otherwise they're going to implode. And it sounds as though that that, it seems like that's kind of the experience that you were getting. It was bottling things up, bottling things up, and like you're not having the big outburst of expo, and you are kind of, it's going so much inside that eventually there's nowhere to go, and you kind of implode on yourself. Um, and that's where the, the, the impact is, rather than on everyone kind of within three feet of you, as it, as it may be. Um, so, wow, I guess um, I, I saw a recent post on yourself talking about perhaps this particular instance and dealing with HR and um, et cetera. And I, I guess working in a recruitment role, I've dealt with various HR individuals time and time again. I do tend to find and agree with you that often in the big corporates where there's loads of red tape, HR, which to me, human resources is where you should be able to feel safe but often there's perhaps that there's not that safety net that you would expect and actually they're just processing things in a corporate machine so I do agree with you on that side of things and I can now understand why you have kind of moved away from that to, to do what you do and hopefully uh, encourage others companies and organizations that when they are growing to do better um, and I think that's perhaps certainly one of your goals it seems that way anyway I'm 100% that's my again LinkedIn I got to a place James where I knew I, I wanted to make change in the in the corporate world I knew it was time the corporate world caught up and changed and start to you know somebody needed to step in and start breaking down these stigmas I didn't see anybody doing it in the corporate mm. world. I, I, th that's one of the reasons why I stepped in is because I'm being the change. It sounds so cliche, but the change that I want to see in this world, mm -hmm. especially in the corporate space, again, having in, when I started creating content on LinkedIn, I didn't have a huge business network. I didn't have a college degree. I didn't have business access. Who mm. am I? I would tell myself, but I, I got to a point where like, look, you want to do something. So do something. You have a platform full of CEOs and executives and people who can make change. Mm. You have a, a, a platform, you have a story, share that and, and start with what you have, see what you can do. And that's what I did. It, maybe it was a little naive, and, but it's the messages I've received, James, is what keeps me going from CEOs telling me, Miguel, your post impacted me. It, made, it helped me enhance mental health benefits for our mm -hmm. employees. Miguel, wow. your post helped me go seek therapy for the first time as a 60-year-old man, you know, running a corporation. Wow. Um, you know, I've, got, I've had HR rooms, you know, reach out and tell me, Miguel, we printed out your post and we shared it within our staff and, and had a conversation around it. Incredible. Those are the things that really matter and that, that tell me that I'm making the impact. I don't need to be on the news. I don't need to have virality. I don't need to be everywhere. I am trying to build change little by little, brick by brick. Mm -hmm. And it sounds as, as much as you're doing it for everyone else out there, it's also by doing that, it's, it is also for you. You know, it's that self-gratification kind of on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's that by doing that, actually you're impacting others by kind of, yeah, spreading the word as it may be. Um, but look, before we come, say more onto that, how did you, so you've covered kind of how you got into what you're doing now and kind of the 
yeah, the, the nail in the coffin was the, the recent, more recent experiences with HR and corporate as it may be. But look, what talk us through your first experiences of mental health, because um, I've recently been on, on courses, again, trying to improve my knowledge of it. I'm certainly no expert. I'm probably terrible um, at times, uh, but I know that I need to educate it uh, myself on, on the subject. Um, so, yeah, just talking about, I guess, the early detection, early acknowledgement. Can you perhaps remember the first time that you started to almost pile, either pile any pressure onto yourself, onto your own shoulders, or, you know, that that's that starting of bottling things up? Uh, because it sounds like it perhaps built up over, over years, but how can, yeah, can you pinpoint where it came about for you, whether there was a specific time, event, or anything like that? Yeah, so I'll tell you, I always knew that there was something going on in, you know, in my life. I mean, there was always something going on. Yeah. But again, being a young, growing, you know, teenager, you not having seen much anything else, you think it's just normal. Like this mm. is, it's just life. Like it's, we, we just have to suck it up, keep going, move mm -hmm. on. You know, so then I had many events in my life that I did that with where it's like move on, where there was divorce, where there was, um, you know, abuse, you know, all kinds of different things. Um, and but I can tell you for sure that there was one moment in in my high school years, I think I was about 16, 17, mm. where I remember specifically I at the time was drinking and doing drugs and I was so high out of my mind and so drunk and I was sitting on a couch and mm. there was this raging party going on around me and someone came up to me in the middle of this raging party and sat next to me and he said hey man are you doing all right and I'm like yeah I'm, I'm good I'm good I'm fine and he's like no you're not he's like you don't look good he's like I've been watching you. He's like, something's going on in your head. And it was then that I realized like something is really going on. And it's not just me that's thinking something's going on. Mm. Now it's people seeing something's going on, even with everything that I'm doing to try to mask what's going on. Yeah. And so that was really the point in my life where I the wheel started to spin something internally mentally emotionally is going on all these events that i thought were a big deal that i thought i just moved on from mm. are still within me you know wow so it's kind of a bit of an eye-opening event and, and situation just that that very point how did you kind of feel about that how did you react at that time did anything change for yourself did you you know did was the the drugs and um the drinking did that continue did how did you kind of deal with that and, and i guess was that comment from that individual was that helpful um or did was it almost did you feel almost like they were pointing out something that was wrong how did that I, I, yeah because i guess it can go two ways can't it I, I i i don't know how how did you feel as the individual receiving that comment I love that question, James. It's, it is a very um, impactful question because in hindsight, 2020, looking at it now, mm. I want, sometimes I think about finding this person to mm. thank them, 
you know, that this was a moment that really put me on a different path. Mm. At the time, though, I would say that in the moment, I was doing a lot of convincing of myself. I was telling myself, mm-hmm. I'm all right. I was telling myself, I'm good. Nothing's wrong with me. I'll get through it. Yeah. Um, and I was, it was, I was trying to hide something that I was ashamed of. Mm-hmm. struggling weak I felt weak I felt emasculated so I was I was trying to hide all of this and so when he told me this I felt found out I felt revealed I felt almost uh, yeah. bare naked you know like now they know I'm not hiding it anymore they know I'm struggling they know I'm weak they know mm-hmm. I'm not the man that that society says we should be and yeah. so honestly that actually led to a deeper um you know depression and and eventually I think you know after talking to my therapist had you know kind of set things in motion for me to you know attempt to take my life you know a couple of years later wow because again I was there was so much shame there was so much weight now like it it's not a figment of my imagination it's not me considering it people are confirming it to me people can see it I can't hide it not even with drugs or alcohol anymore and so again, it now again I I see it as a great moment. I was I'm so thankful for that moment at the time, and I think that happens so often. Um, you know, when in, in the midst of things, when when people are trying to help us and they have well intentions, yeah. And at the time, it doesn't feel like it, or it might hurt, or or you know, you see it in it differently. But years later, in with a different perspective, you you see it in a different light. Yeah, and clearly, clearly, you do see it in a different light now. Um, and as you say, you know, almost you're tempted to try and find that person and reach out to them to say, "Thanks, man, um, you actually <laughs> pointed me in the right direction." At the time, though, um, obviously, you've ex- explained you felt exposed. Do you think there's any way that? How would you have perhaps preferred to have been approached at that time? Do you? I mean. Do you think that there was anything that um, outsiders could have done, or do you think it was an inside job? What What do you think? Again, there's never a right answer to these things, but I know through myself at the moment, um, just yes, yeah, speaking with family members and, and whatever, there's mental health uh, that we're kind of dealing with, and you, I almost feel helpless um, at times because it's like, how do I approach it? How do I go about it? Is it gonna upset the individual is it going to go down well how would you have preferred to be approached when you were kind of at those low points yeah no definitely I think looking back now again in that moment I which is one that I felt most exposed in was again there was a raging party around me he was sitting next to me and I don't know the tone of his voice or the the volume of his voice but I felt like he had screamed it I mm. felt like he was holding a sign up and telling everybody what was going on. Wow. And so in that specific situation, I would have, I would, I would say, you know, a more private conversation, you know, in a, in a private setting or, mm. you know, um, read the environment, read the room. I mean, when is the time right? You know? Yeah. Um, and, and sometimes we can't always keep waiting, but in, in those situations when you want to, find the moment to step in and and support someone Mm. and and I think also one thing that I would say for anyone that's thinking about reaching out to someone or considering what to do is be transparent that's one thing that I really 
loved about meeting you, James. And one thing that I was excited about jumping on this platform, we need more people to do what you're doing to say, look, I don't know it all. Look, I don't understand it all. Maybe I don't get it, but I'm, I want to know. I want to support you. I want to help make it better. I'm, I, maybe I'm not the next expert. Maybe I'm, I, I really don't get what's going on with you, but let me help you or let me just be a voice. You know, that is what we need more of. And, mm. and so, you know, even just that, again, that um, acknowledgement and transparency of where you are, because sometimes, again, you don't want to go in and you don't want to relate to someone and say, oh, I've been through this too, because it's a different situation, different experience in those moments. And so what I would say again is, you know, go about it like tell you you have to get them to talk, but mm. you lead you lead by example by first yeah. disarming yourself, being vulnerable Im- yourself. I can imagine if someone says that, you know, it, it almost becomes a comparison of sharing war wounds or scars or things like that. It's almost becomes almost a bit of one upmanship, like perhaps your problems don't matter because their problems are bigger. Um so yeah, I can imagine unintentionally how that, too. Perhaps, you know, unintentionally. Yeah, like I said, yeah, I don't think I don't think people would perhaps do that intentionally. But right. I guess you know, if yeah, someone is is feeling low, then it can certainly perhaps be interpreted that way, perhaps. So, and I, I guess clearly, you know, that was when you were at your lowest. You then said that a couple of years later, you know, you attempted suicide, which you know is never nice to hear from from anyone. Um, you know, what What did things kind of, I, I, honestly, I can't even imagine it, Miguel, which is why I'm, yeah, a little bit taken back. But, like, what was that feeling like? You know, because was every day bad? Was there good days? Was there bad days? Um, you know, because often, you know, we see in the press with, you know, celebrities like Robin Williams and things like this who look so happy on the outside. And people are like, that's actually what depression looks like. Um, what was your experience of good days, bad days? How did it, how did it look? Um, yeah. From your, from your, yeah, looking through your glasses as it may be. For sure. I, I explained it this way is <clears throat> it, it felt like a cloudy day, like a rainy, stormy day every single day, you wow. know, like even when the sun was shining outside internally and it's, it's so weird to explain, but it's just a dark feeling of, of cloudiness, of, of not, no clarity. Of, and one thing that really, this leading up to my attempt, the summer before, I had actually won a scholarship with National Geographic wow. um, to study photography in the Galapagos Islands in Ecuador. An amazing, life-changing, I mean, experience. Yeah. I, I, I took photography. I you know, studied out there, I, I traveled the world, and I still, in those moments, while there were moments of, I, I, I could be present, and I, like, was very happy, I still, even in those moments, I felt like a darkness follow me everywhere, wow. and so it, it was more of that, of that feeling of just being really dark, and and there wasn't a lot of good days. Um, there was maybe good moments here and there, but very far and few in between. And I think you, it becomes just a, a spiral, you know, once you get there mm. and, and you just get more and more isolated. And, and, and then that's what kind of, kind of, you know, it all leads to, to a point at some eventually, but 
yeah, yeah. I would say in the in the leading up, it was very dark. Wow. Well, uh, sorry to hear about that sort of time, but hopefully, you know, there's been a turning point since then. You know, you're clearly very passionate about what what you're now doing. Um, anytime, every time that I've spoken to you, you've jumped straight on the call with a massive smile on your face. So um, that clearly, clearly, things are looking up. But talk to talk, give us a snapshot then of kind of your situation at present, where the turning point was, and kind of. Yeah, moving from those dark days through to you know bright brighter days as it may be. What what did you do? Was there any particular habits that helped you along the way or rituals um, to to get you to kind of yeah a snapshot of how things are looking now? Yeah, for sure. So in 2016, when I um, started therapy, it was it was because I was forced to, again, I had a mental health breakdown. I came to my knees. Mm. I had to like face it. And I mean, just naturally I thought I need to go talk to someone about this. It yeah. wasn't genuinely something that I wanted to do myself. And so it wasn't until maybe a year later when I went and found a therapist that was for me, um, that I really started to heal differently. And, you know, earlier you mentioned, um, you know how writing is probably helping me too and 100 percent it is mm -hmm. um one one of the therapies that i did is called emdr therapy it's um i um movement reprocessing um desensitization look it up emdr therapy yeah but it essentially it's it's um the the idea that your brain it's neuroplasticity your brain can be rewired your neuropaths can be redone Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, when I started going through that therapy, my therapist encouraged me, I told her about how much I love to write, you know, my passions, my, my creativity. And so, um, I have been in newspaper one day, I want to write a book. Um, and so she encouraged me, she said, well, write about your journal about it, you know, whether it's journaling or, you know, and so what I wanted to do is I, I started an anonymous blog actually. Mm -hmm. um in 2017 but and finally in 2019 i you know was was pulled to do it with my name put my whole self out there yeah um but i think that was the first thing the first habit that i got into is accepting help embracing help asking for help that takes mm -hmm. so much strength and so much courage to step out and to say to someone that you need some assistance yeah. Um, so em embracing that is, is the first habit to, and sometimes I, again, through therapy, there would be days where I pull up to the therapist and I'd think about driving off. Like, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to go in? Do I need to, I'll mm -hmm. be, I'll be all right. I can go, I can get through it. So sometimes it's talking yourself into it, you know, time after time. Um, so that's a habit to get into, but I would also say, you know, interrupting your thoughts. Now this doesn't help for every single thing in your life. And especially the more um, intense mental illnesses, but generally interrupt your thoughts. You know, when, when you have a negative cycle going on or I'm not good enough or I failed or, you know, you know, I didn't No, you, you, you speak truth into your, your thoughts. You speak yeah. facts, um, talk about past successes or moments that make you happy. For me in therapy, I learned once um, when you're really anxious, um, anxiety is going crazy, ground yourself with a moment that you remember being at most peace. And for me, that moment was in Ecuador, sitting on, on an edge of a volcano, 
looking over the islands, the ocean, where our the instructor said, sit here for 20 minutes and so don't say nothing. Sit here mm. for 20 minutes and sit with your thoughts. Yeah. And so I go to that moment all the time. And so that's another thing I encourage people to do is in those anxious moments, think of something, one of your most peaceful moments. Think about how what you smelled, how you felt, um, what you what you felt tactically. Um, and then again, it, it it begins to do different things um, within internally. So those are a kind couple of that, of that, that internal anchor point, isn't it? It's kind of like, OK, as soon as I'm getting anything neg negativity running through my brain, drop the anchor. Let's reset and kind of again, almost as you say, it was it EMDR. EMDR, kind of that rewiring. And I guess to an extent, you're you've taken a bit of responsibility to do that yourself rather than having to, to rely on any external factors, um, which is very, very interesting because yeah, I've not necessarily heard people kind of talk about that process before with, with therapists and, and what they encourage. I mean, it all makes sense. Um, and I'm a very positive mindset type of guy. And I, I guess I probably, I mean, I do that. My, myself anyway I think um which and I, I do find it useful so it's interesting to know that actually that is how you have kind of flipped the switch to um improve yeah your own mindset um so look that's clearly one thing that works for you um what are there ongoing challenges though because look I that with the greatest will in the world the, the whole discipline thing to make sure that you do that every time is tough you know if thinking about driving away from your therapy sessions sometimes was probably quite tough if you've got that that discipline habit in to do them i'm sure everything is great but at some point we lose motivation don't we whether it's getting up at a certain time in the morning whether it's going to the gym whether it's making sure our kids are ready and you know looking on point for, for daycare or whether we're just getting them out the door in whatever it is that we can find um None of us, no one at all is motivated all the time. So what kind of ongoing challenges have you faced? And, and perhaps what doesn't work? Because that's clearly what has been working. What, what have you tried that perhaps doesn't work, um, Miguel? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say one thing that, um, you know, really definitely, you know, staying away from caffeines and things like that, that just, you know, aren't good for your body. Mm. Um, we, we often think of like our immune system and we think of physical impact of our immune system, protecting our immune system, you know, yeah. with vitamins and all that stuff. But there's been a lot of recent studies that have shown that, uh, your immune system is directly correlated to your emotional and your mental health as well. Right. And so, um, you know, paying attention to that and, and seeing your, your health as holistic, a whole, not just mental not just physical but the whole body mm -hmm. um one thing that i'm and that's where i'm struggling you know um is with my physical health i mean i'm not the most fit person i know you talked about last time like you love to work out and do your and i'm like dude i want to be like james no but uh, you know i <laughs> i'll, I'll uh, send you a fitness plan over i'll send you a plan i'll start, <laughs> start getting them out right. like an instagram influencer or something <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, email me, I'll drop you the link, right? That's, yeah. that's what they say. Here's, here's um, my uh, discount code. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, you know, that's, that's really one thing that I'm really trying to pay attention to more is, you know, um, the physical health. I would say one thing that I do, James, is I'm, I think there's 
power and one intention with telling my story in this, where I'm at in this point in my life is I'm not healed. I'm not, I'm, I'm not at a place where I'm at an arrival point or where I can say like, I've got this mastered at the beginning. You say like, this is all, this is not medical advice. I say it a hundred percent. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional. Mm. I'm figuring my life out and sharing this journey through the journey because so often we hear about journeys in 2020 hindsight after the fact, after they've had time to really think about everything in process and how do I want to form it? How do I want to tell this? Whereas through the story, it's just a different perspective. It's a raw perspective. This is who I am. This is where I'm at. And so, you know, one thing is even that I'm still, I've still wrestled with and still wrestling with is medication, you know, as someone who grew up with those stigmas of, you know, medication and mental health and it being weak and dependency and all that stuff. Again, having gone through suicide attempts, having gone through uh, mental health breakdowns, having gone through successful therapies, I'm still wrestling with that medication acceptance. And so in 2020 of January, I started my medication um, after years of my psychologist trying to get me on it. I stopped it in January of 2021 saying, I'm good. I'm fine now. I, I'll do it on my own. I don't need it no more. Mm. And then, you know, Q4 of 2021, a lot of things happened in, in my life. And I got to a point, well, maybe I do need it. Maybe I remember like, you know, this is yeah. starting to look familiar. Things are starting to accelerate and get cloudy again and darker. So let me go back and let me try this medicine again that did that I know helped me. And so um, that I, I literally just um, a month, you know, on that medication again. So I'm going through it. Like I'm figuring it out. It's a journey, you know, mental health care is a journey mm. um, and, and no one's journey is, is similar to each other's, you know? Exactly. Well, all I would say is how much I appreciate you opening up to, to come on the show. I, you know, when I had the idea to, to do this and uh, it was prompted by some of the people that I've been speaking to on our regular podcast, uh, I did just think, hold on. So I'm going to reach out to people to ask them to speak about their kind of mental health, some of the worst times in, in their life. And I'm expecting them to come on and, and talk about that. Um, again, a lot of people would perhaps be happy to do it after the event and kind of when they are in a whole different place. Uh, but the fact that you agreed to come on while you, yeah, by your own words, still accepting that you're going through it is a massive credit to, to you, uh, Miguel. So yeah, just want to thank you again for that. And um, on that kind of basis, I guess that would perhaps be very good advice for others to perhaps take on, uh, not medical advice, just kind of opinion. Uh, but look, what other tips and tricks have you learned as a result of your experience um, that perhaps people should be aware of? I think that that is a, you know, a, a fantastic one that you've just mentioned. But what else do you think that people should be aware of, whether it's impacts on family, personal relationships, uh, corporate relationships, which you've ditched. There's one that you don't need anymore. Um, but yeah, what, what, what other advice, you know, tips would you have for, for people? Yeah, uh, great question. I two years ago, um, well, I guess now three years ago, 2019, uh, June of 2019, in the summer, I went through um, to Guatemala on a mission trip, and I one of the um, one of my roommates was an 80 year old man, and we were out there to build a soccer field, and this man was a hard worker. He was climbing ladders, pouring concrete. Where was but he from? Thing, was, he, he, was he was he a local? Or was he an expat? 
No, he was from he was here from Kansas as well, um, in the, where I'm from, and so we uh, we went with the church on a mission trip to go build um, some soccer fields. And so I had never met him before, though we were we were random roommates. But um, he had been in the in state legislator in the government, and so I had I had always been curious about it. We had many conversations throughout our two weeks being together. And I remember one time I asked him, you know, what did you learn in in that time in government that you still take on today? And he said, Miguel, the problem is never the problem. So whatever problem that you hear about or you think you're having, there's something deeper that's going on. And so I encourage anybody that has any problem going on, whether it's anger, whether it's outbursts, whether it's sadness, whether it's whatever you're going through, really sit through what is going on, what's happening here, what's going on deeper, what's the root cause of this? Because so many of us, have gone through events in our life that, and, and this is where EMDR comes into impact because your body, when you're young and when you, your, your health, it's when something traumatic happens, it goes into that fight or flight effect. And so to protect you most often, especially being young, your, your body and your brain helps you forget that memory. Yeah. And so oftentimes there's something going on in your life that you have probably you've forgotten about how it happened or where it happened. I recently read a story of someone who was having severe anxiety attacks, grew up in a very, with a good family, great home, um, you know, successful family, had everything they wanted. Again, grew up with the high anxiety and went through a, um, a you know, a, a therapy and some him. I think they did hypno come to find out there was a an event when the the uh, child was i think two or three years old where they choked on something and the mother remembered immediately yeah i remember when that happened and the child didn't remember this 30 years later but the body and the mind had locked it in and had forgotten about it Mm. so again the habit that i would say that people really dig into is to anytime an emotion that you don't want that, that's you know just unpleasant again anger sadness mm. kind of really dig it dig into it go beneath the surface what's going on here because most of us no matter how great of a life you live or how great your parents are mental illnesses do not are not because of our parents are not because of our environment there there's a lot of things that go into it so um no matter how great of a life you think you've had if you're facing issues today it most likely has to do with something that's rooted a little deeper than mm. what we're looking at. I've seen that before when when watching various things again, prepping for um, this on via Tony Robbins, kind of really getting under the skin of, of people and finding out that actually, like um, your friend, the, the 80 year old guy who was on that mission with you said, the problem is not the problem. That's why I was just scribbling on my pad there to remind me um, because he just goes back and, and it almost, it's that realization of holy shit, that isn't the problem. This is what, what's happening. And then I think once, certainly on the instances that I've seen, once people can kind of deal, like find out what it is, it's then you can start that healing process, it seems. Um, so no, look, a very good overview um, there, Miguel. And I like that a lot. Um, but look, I guess, as I say, look, you've, every time I've spoken to you, you've been, yeah, on top of your game, smiley. I often see you active on, on LinkedIn, putting out some fantastic content. And, you know, you deserve all of those comments that you have been getting from CEOs, etc. because everyone at, at some point 
need either a holding hand, a pat on the back, or just a little gentle reminder that it's kind of okay to have doubts and whatever, but you can still just, you know, get on with things. So look, I'm, I'm loving that. But what are your plans moving forward in terms of what you're doing um, via LinkedIn, maintaining a positive mental state? Um, yeah, what's what's next for, for, for yourself, Miguel? Yeah, so <clears throat> one thing I would say is, you know, you mentioned you had never heard of EMDR therapy. Never. I, I went through two years. I went through two years of talk therapy before I discovered EMDR therapy. My therapist didn't even tell me about it. I, I actually need to write that found down, out, actually, don't I? EMDR. I need to be looking at. Yeah, I, I actually found out about it through a documentary that I watched about neuroplasticity. So mm. I then did my own research, found an EMDR certified therapist locally, did that work, but but. So again, not everything can be healed this way. Not everything can be treated this way, but uh, there are, I think, a lot of majority of mental illnesses that, that are ongoing, especially anxiety and a lot of things that are going on that can be um, worked through, through a rewiring of your brain, working through going past and reprocessing those memories. One thing that I've seen that's really starting to come up is um, re-emerging you know, uh, natural medicines. Whether it's, you know, psychedelics, whether it's, you know, cannabis, whether it's, there's so many different therapies out there, MDMA. Um, and so I, I, I definitely want to explore more into that because having experienced um, rewiring of my brain through natural ways, um, the EMDR therapy, and now all these studies that are starting to prove the efficacy of these, you yeah. know, old natural medicines, it's like, why not explore it? Why not? you know put it's, things behind it and try it out you know it's becoming huge and that's why yeah what i'm involved in as, as a business you know often the companies that we're work, working with are developing these drugs developing these you know therapies and that's where i think my initial interest got sparked um so yeah it's becoming a huge a huge subject um and yeah i think what you're doing is good and it'll be interesting to keep following you miguel um so look to any of our audience that are not following miguel on on linkedin um he's huge on the platform sharing gems of wisdom all of the time just as he has done uh here on on the show today get on there follow him connect with him um, and i'm sure you will get a lot of value from what he's putting out there um miguel it's been kind of a pleasure having you on the on the show hearing what's yeah your journey and, and what's next but look before we we end the show um one thing we always finish up with on, on the hosting awesome podcast is a bit of a quick fire round of questions just to, to really kind of give some quick snippet and uh insight advice to, to our audience and, and those perhaps you know concerned about their current state of mental health or yeah just anyone in, in general so look, i'll kick us off with the first question and uh, i guess taking you back to perhaps your darker days and, and your teens as it may be uh, but look given what you know now kind of the emdr and everything else what would you have what would you now say to yourself um at that time i would tell myself that you will be successful no matter how much people know you're struggling that's one thing that i was always scared about is people no one will, will want to work with me no one will give me an opportunity no one will think i'm capable 
if I reveal that I'm struggling internally. So reminding myself and giving me that confidence that I'll be okay. You will mm-hmm. find success and you will, you know, make it out in this world. Nice. I like that. It's almost a, a positive a- affirmation to your younger self. Pass it, pass it on. Perfect. Um, look, the next question from, from my end, um, and we always ask this one, it's about the, the number one, what, what, should, what should I say? What is the number one book, resource, YouTube channel, your own LinkedIn page uh, that you would recommend for our audience um, that is mental health focused uh, and going to be a positive impact for anyone? Yeah, so I will say this book really caught me off guard that I didn't think would have such an impact because it's a fiction book and it's actually more of a business story than anything. Right. But it's called it's called The Go-Giver uh-huh. um, by Bob Berg and John Mann. And it's my favorite, definitely in my top five favorite books of all time. Uh, my wife and I read the book and it talks about being a giver and that's just who I am naturally and I think that's what's helped my mental health quite a bit, Um, but it teaches you five laws to stratospheric success, and it's all about giving and, Mm -hmm. you know, your value, and um, it it was a very impactful book, so to go off of, you know, kind of off tangent and not recommend a typical mental health book, I would say everyone you would benefit from reading The Go-Giver, um, whether it, it's for business it, or personal. I've heard the, the term go-giver and people have, you know, various things that I've watched before say, you know, don't be a go-getter, go be a go-giver, etc. Go-getters lose because they're always trying to, you know, get everything for themselves. It's the go-givers that win. Um, is it is it an old book? Is it a new book? And who who is the person? I'm just going to write this one down. Yeah, it's what? actually, his name is Bob Berg. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you can find him on LinkedIn after you've read the book, find him on LinkedIn, send him a personal request and tell him I sent you, um, give him your thoughts on the book. And I actually read the book and then found him on LinkedIn and I had some cool conversations with Bob, but he's a mm-hmm. great man. Um, and it, it's, I think he, it's, it's an older book. It's definitely been around for a while. Actually. I thought it might and have so been just- I, I think he definitely like set the the, the set of a trend there with the go giver. I think that's definitely uh, originated from him because it, mm. it's it's an older book for sure, but it's an amazing book. So yeah, I think when I when I heard the the the, the, the sayings that I was talking about, it was from some older guys, Brian Tracy, Bob Proctor, and, and people like this who are from the sixties, seventies, eighties. So I was I thought that it must be a um, a timely classic. Uh, so I have to go and check that one out. Um, look, my next question, quick fire round. Um, what is what is your go-to stress relief? What do you now uh, do? As, as I've yeah said, mine is hit the gym, take my son out. What what's your go-to stress reliever, Miguel? I love to either watch documentaries or listen to music. I just love hearing, learning about people's stories and documentaries. Mm-hmm. Really d- dive into you know so many different stories, and so that getting me out of my own mind and you know just seeing the impact of other people or you know what's happening in other people's lives is always deep um and then music i mean nothing speaks to my soul the way music does um there's always go-to songs if i'm feeling a certain way or if i need to get hype or excited or be in a better mood uh, or sometimes for work i just listen to instrumentals but definitely uh those two i think that is an instant 
state changer, isn't it? Get the music on and just that is, you know, in terms of anchoring a positive thought, that is one of the go-tos for anyone, I, I think. So, um, yeah, great advice. Um, that, And I think that many people will share that stress reliever. Um, and look, finally, what would be the number one piece of advice that you would give to perhaps anyone experiencing early signs or difficulties with their own mental health so that they can perhaps avoid that feeling of guilt, you know, let it build up to them. What, what would your advice uh, be on that? And yeah, I would remind everyone that saying that I had heard of emotions being energy in motion. And so you need to work through your emotions, um, whether they're true or not, you need to work through them. And you need to do that with an external person, whether it's a therapist, mm-hmm. whether it's a friend, whether it's an online friend. I One of my best friends today is is someone that I met from my first viral post on LinkedIn. Really? He reached out to me and, you know, we connected because of our stories. And often we share each other's stories, you know, of reality, of going through it in the midst of it. But there, I, I, I just encourage everyone, again, find someone again i started creating my, telling my stories online anonymously and would have conversations back and forth anonymously but it felt weight lifted off my shoulders it felt free it, mm. it again it made it didn't it didn't take off the entire weight it started a process and so talking to someone isn't going to do it for you it's not the magic answer here but talking to someone and releasing that energy working through it with someone um is going to start and initiate ignite that healing journey and it's going to relieve so much weight off of your shoulders you'll feel free the more you do it and so i mean for a long time i thought like you can't find someone online that you trust you can't make real friends online mm. and you know even as as someone again i'm barely about to be 30 years old i grew up with social media but even with even then i i was cautious of online relationships so i would encourage people embrace online relationships, find people that are going through what you're going through, reach out to them, share yeah. your story, because that is going to ignite something for you. Perfect. Well, look, Miguel, that brings us to the, the close of the show. But yeah, I just want to say thanks again. I guess, look, from my end, I was very open with you when uh, I first reached out that this is often a topic that I have shied away from, avoided, and point blank, just kind of wanted to, to shut off myself because I know that I've been terrible at it, uh, and dealing with it in, in the past. So I just want to thank you for being yeah, so open, talking about your journey while you're actually still on your, your journey um, and making, I guess, yeah, my first show of, of this type a very enjoyable and yeah, likable experience. So look, Miguel, for anyone else that is um, looking to reach out to you from, from our audience, I'm assuming that LinkedIn is uh, the go-to platform for yourself. Is, is that the best way to get you, is it? 100%, reach out to me on LinkedIn and connect with me. Don't just follow me so that we can have a conversation. Reach out to me, send me a personal connection request. Tell me that you heard me on this, uh, the podcast and we can you know carry on a conversation. Fantastic. Well, Miguel, thanks again for being on the Huxley Morton podcast. It's been a pleasure. I'll let you get on with your day. Thanks so much for having me, James. I appreciate you.